Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzefa, as always. And today, I have a very special guest on the show. And I want to tell you a little bit first about the general topic. What we're going to be talking about today is how to start a YouTube channel. But more importantly, what it's like starting a YouTube channel as a student. And the reason why I thought this was such a great topic is because I have so many students of mine who are in you know, even elementary school, middle school, high school, that want to start YouTube channels, don't know where to begin, have a lot of trouble getting started, have a lot of trouble once they start staying consistent, having the quality that they want, picking a topic, and even working with their parents. So a lot of a lot of parents aren't really so pro having a YouTube channel at a young age. So my guest today, her name is Lauren, and the funny thing is the way that we kind of became connected is that she saw my YouTube channel and was is she's preparing for a standardized test. So she she kind of looked at my stuff and then we we started having a discussion about math questions. And then I realized she had this amazing channel, right? And I'm of course trying to grow my channel and her channel is on a whole nother level. So I thought it was so perfect uh, and I invited her onto the show and she has joined me. So without further ado, Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on here. I'm so glad that we got like connected and I'm able to do this because this is an awesome opportunity and I love your math videos. They're definitely helping me out. So I'm excited. That's so great to hear. And it's really funny. We just found out too. I was in Austin for a uh, wedding this weekend and I just found, I didn't even know this, but she lived in Austin. So I was already on my way back to LA when I found that, but just kind of funny. Yeah. It's crazy that we were in the same place, like at the same time. It's so cool. So tell us a little bit about your channel. So I started it about two years ago, a little over two years now, and I started it off as kind of like a more of like a beauty and fashion related channel, but I've definitely changed my content over the two years and that's totally okay to change your content. And now I'm more focused on like traveling, music, lifestyle. I'll do vlogs, just talking videos where I talk to everyone and just a lot of fun stuff. I love to travel. So just pretty much I document my life on there. So yeah, that kind of stuff. And what's your, what's the name of your channel? So the actual link to my channel, when you like type the URL is beauty by Lauren 13, that's my old link. And I'm stuck with it. Unfortunately, even though it's not really a good name, I don't like it. But if you just search my name, Lauren Lee, that will also pull up my channel. That's the new display name. So either one of those, you can find it. All right. And you've had your channel for two years. So to date, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube? So to date, I have about 4,600. That's, and that's, that's amazing. So how did that, how did you grow that base? I mean, was it, did it happen more recently or is that something that's just been steadily chugging along? It's definitely been a gradual growth at the beginning. It's so hard to start out when you are starting from zero, you know, to build that base up at first is definitely so much harder. 
but you'll have certain videos that spike in views for some random reason, YouTube's algorithm and stuff. Some videos will just get you out there. Like I have one video that has 85,000 views and that helps me gain like a thousand of my subscribers in the first few months. But it all happens over time. You could have a video that does really well and some don't, but it's definitely a time thing. You know, this, it's a big process and it takes time for sure. So for the video that has 85,000 views, what was that video about? It was actually a back to school haul and it was from 2015. So it's definitely like a long time ago. And it, now I look back on it and I'm like, oh man, that was not a good video. But for some reason it just got out there and I don't know how or why, but <laughs> it got out there somehow. It's crazy. That's awesome. So now let's rewind to two years ago because you're, you are a student and two years ago you wanted to start a YouTube channel. What did your parents say or did you, did you run it by your parents when you first began? Yeah, I definitely did. I got my first camera and I've been like obsessed with YouTube since I was in middle school and now I'm going to be a senior. So it's been a long time, but I've always loved YouTube and I got the camera and I was like, you know, mom, dad, this is like what I want to do. And they were definitely skeptical at first. I think as any parent would be because it's, you know, your kid wanting to post videos of them or whatever videos they want to make like online, like that can be risky, you know, cause it is online. But after we talked about it and we talked about what type of content I would be making very first, they wanted to see all my uploads like before I uploaded them. So they would like proof watch the video and just make sure that they felt okay with me putting it out there. And that's kind of how we started. We just got onto an agreement that, you know, they would see everything and make sure that it's okay before I upload it. And we started off like that. Were there any videos at the beginning that they did object to? No, there weren't because a lot of my videos are just at the beginning were like makeup videos or fashion videos or just simple stuff like that. So they definitely didn't object to any, but I guess it just depends on what type of like content someone wants to make, but, and also what their parents like standards are, anything. It could be different for every parent. So that's up to whoever wants to start the YouTube channel to be sure that they understand what their parents like limits or values or anything are to be sure that they don't like cross the line. And then you mentioned that your parents actually went and got you a camera. What was the first camera that you began with? Actually, the way that I got my camera is a really crazy story. Um, I was at a YouTube event called BeautyCon. It's in here in Dallas. So I had to travel a little bit to it. But I met a YouTuber there who had like a million subscribers. Her name's Mia Stammer. She also did like fashion and lifestyle videos. And I met her and I was talking to her about how I wanted to start a channel. And she told me that she would give me her old camera. And she's like this really big YouTuber. So this was like insane. I was looking forward to meeting her. And here she was telling me that, yeah, I'm going to help you start a channel. I'll give you a camera. So it was absolutely crazy. And she sent it to me in the mail and that's it. And I literally still use that same camera up until about two weeks ago. I finally bought a new one to upgrade, but it was crazy. That's amazing. Cause, and that probably gave you a feeling, I assume that, Hey, maybe it's meant to be that you're supposed to do this. And I, it I don't totally know. did totally. Do you guys still stay in touch? We kind of do. We follow each other on like all of our social medias and stuff. And I'll see her at some conventions every once in a while. Like I've gone to Playlist Live and other stuff like that. And I'll see her there. And it's just fun to like connect with her again. But she's awesome. And she's the one that like gave me this, you know, camera to help me start. Because otherwise, you know, it can be so hard to save up for a camera when you're a student and you want to do something like this. So she really helped me out there. And I'm so grateful for that. For students that don't have access or don't have funds to get a camera, but the, let's say they do have a phone, they have an iPhone. Do you think that's an okay way to begin using an iPhone? 
Totally, totally, totally. Before I ever started my channel, I would actually film some like practice videos on my phone, like way before I had this camera or anything, because I wanted to do it so badly, but I didn't have the equipment. So I would literally just use my phone. I would just set it up against my bed and just like film with it. And phone cameras are so good nowadays. So I know so many people that still do YouTube with their phone cameras and it's totally okay. Like a lot of times, depending on the content you're making, people will subscribe for you and your personality. So the quality a lot of times doesn't have as big of an impact on it. Like who watches it as you as a person do. Okay. Very cool. So what do you use? I've, I've watched, I think I, I haven't watched your earlier videos, but I've watched a, a handful of your more recent videos, like the traveling vlogs and they're great. <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you use to edit all the film and footage? So for all my newer videos, all the vlogs, I have a separate vlogging camera for now. I use the Canon G7X. I recommend that to anyone that wants to vlog because it's like a smaller point and shoot, but it still has great quality. Like the quality is literally that of a DSLR and it's tiny and handheld. So it's perfect for you to take around to your travels or, you know, your daily life because you don't want to be holding up a big DSLR camera when you're trying to vlog. That can get definitely tough. So I use that camera for like vlogs and on the go stuff. And then I also have a Canon 80D with a Sigma 1.4 millimeter art lens. And no, 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 I totally said that wrong. <laughs> okay. It's the Sigma 30 millimeter F 1.4 art lens. Sorry. The names can be very confusing, but I use the Canon 80D body with that lens. And I recently got that combination and it makes videos so beautiful. But the first camera that Mia gave me is a Canon 60D and I just used the starter lens. So that's what all my older videos were filmed on. I see. And then, and then what you take that footage and do you put it, run it through editing software, like iMovie or Final Cut or, or anything? Oh yes. Final Cut Pro X is my best friend. It is so great. I recommend that editing software to everyone. It's definitely an investment, but it lets you do so much more that iMovie doesn't. And it opens up so many possibilities. iMovie is a great starting place, but if you really feel like you want this to be something that you pursue, I totally recommend Final Cut Pro. It's amazing. And that's what I use and I love it too. And so your mm -hmm. recommendation is, let's say even for a middle school student, and I actually think Final Cut is totally fine for a middle schooler, but you also agree that no matter how young you are, you can definitely jump in and figure it out? Yes, definitely. For me, I got it when I was in sophomore year of high school and I pretty much just watched so many videos on YouTube about Final Cut, like all these editing pros were talking about all the tips and tricks and stuff. And it definitely can be very confusing at first to jump into, but patience is key with these types of things. It's all a learning experience. So I just had to watch a whole bunch of tutorials. I asked some of my YouTube friends that also have the editing software and we all just kind of figured it out together. And I'm still learning new things about it every single day, which is what is so cool. How do you find music for your videos? This was such a big struggle for me at first because no one told me that copyright was a thing. I just had to figure that out by myself and it was such a struggle. I definitely like to use SoundCloud and I just look up a whole bunch of artists that let you use their music for free. If you put their, um, like their credits and stuff in the description box, a lot of people do that and you can download it off of SoundCloud and YouTube also has a feature where they have a whole audio library full of free music. You can find that in your channel settings and that helps so much if you're just looking for some nice background music. And one more thing, you can also search on YouTube royalty free or copyright free music and a whole bunch of playlists will come up with the songs and links to download them. So those are some of my best tips, but it's definitely really hard to find good music because copyright can definitely be a big problem. Yeah, those are and those are all great suggestions. Actually, a lot of those I didn't know about the the SoundCloud option. That's really great. But so I don't know if you've looked through everything on my channel because I also do 
I make math music videos. So those are actually like original songs that I write about different math concepts. And for that, what I do, it's a little bit, it's a cost, it's a little bit of a more expensive option, but it it makes sense if you're trying to make music. And then I use a website called beat stars where you can license songs for $50 or, you know, it depends on the song, but for around $50 a track, and then you can use it to write vocals over it and, and so on. Yeah, that's super awesome. I've seen some of your math music videos and I love them. I think they're so cool. And that's an awesome way to like do it. That sounds awesome. Oh, sweet. All right, cool. I'm so glad you've seen them. And so I have another question too. And I know some students have been nervous about this. Like they've even talked about turning comments off, but is that, is that a danger to get negative comments? And if, uh, you know, if you've dealt with them, like what, you know, what's your stance on them? How do you deal with them? So on. I've definitely received my share of negative comments. I feel like every YouTuber has, and they all just kind of come with it. There's going to be those people on the internet that just want to hate because who knows what their reason is, but you know what? It's just focusing on the good because there is going to be so many people that love your channel and love you and are going to be commenting and supporting you. And the people that are giving you hate or telling you anything negative about yourself it's not true. And they don't have anything better to do with their time than to put you down. And that honestly, in that case, the block button is the best thing ever. Like it's there for a reason. You don't need the negativity on your channel. You just want the positive people. So I've had to block people before. I definitely don't have it as bad as like bigger YouTubers do. The bigger you get and the more viral you get, the more open your videos are to, um, more viewers, which means more possible people that just want to be trolls and comment anything to upset someone. And it's definitely hard. Like it's easier said than done to just be like block out the hate, but it takes some practice. And after a while, you'll just realize that the opinions of those people don't matter. Like the opinions of your friends and everyone that actually cares about you is what really matters. And that's the important stuff. Yeah, I think that's great. Even I've gotten on my on my math music videos when I'm trying to create educational resources, I've gotten some some hate, which has always made me raise an eyebrow, but it is what it is. And your channel is definitely much bigger than mine, so I'm sure the negativity will only increase as, as I grow. But uh, can you tell everybody who's listening, what is a collaboration? So collaborations can be done in multiple ways. One of the ways that I've done it is you meet your friends online. And obviously, when you meet people online, most of the times you live in different areas of the world. So you don't have to meet up in person to do these types of collaborations. You can just get to know the person, you know, maybe they're already your internet friend, talk to them, you know, get to know them, become friends first. I always recommend being friends with someone before you collab with them, because that's when you know it's genuine. If you like the person, the collab is going to go so great. And you can just shout out each other's channel at the beginning of the video if you live in different areas of the world. So I recently did that with one of my videos. One of my friends that lives in Georgia, we both just did a little plug in the beginning of the videos. We both did a back to school video and we were both like, go check out my friend's channel. You know, I'll leave the link down below and just kind of talking good about them and promoting them because it's awesome for smaller YouTubers to stand up for themselves and to support because it's so hard to get like it's easy to get lost in YouTube's algorithm and everything. And then another type of collab that I've also done is in-person collabs. And I have so many internet friends that I've actually gotten the privilege to meet in real life, whether that be at Playlist Live or that they just live near me. So that's super cool. And you can actually meet up with them to film. Obviously, make sure that you know this person before you go meet up with them and be sure you FaceTimed or something like that. But once I got to know these friends and we met at Playlist and a whole bunch of stuff, we've done in-person collabs. And it's just so great because you're just with your friends and you all love the same thing. So it's super cool to be with people that are passionate about what what you're passionate about and to be able to create that as well. Have you found that those collaborations have been a good means to help your channel grow? 
Yes, definitely. I definitely think in-person collabs do a lot better because you're actually with the person and you're actually physically on their channel and they're physically on your channel. But most of the times that doesn't work out because of distancing and the internet. So a lot of times it is just going to be like plugging in the beginning of your videos, but they definitely help. And it just helps expose you to a different audience that you've never been exposed to before. So it's really cool. All right. Very cool. Now, when you actually, this is kind of a two-part question. When you started out, how many videos did you post per week or per month? And then also has that changed? Like, do you post more or less or the same now? So when I first started out, I tried to make a schedule of one video a week. I started over the summer, so I would have more time. And I pretty much kept to that very well, except when I'd be like on vacation and certain things, it would change. But I realized I am not the best person with a YouTube schedule. It just does not really work for me. I would always say, okay, I'm going to upload every Friday, but then something would happen, school would happen or life would happen, you know, and something would just get in the way and I couldn't upload. So I felt like I couldn't promise my subscribers like a certain date because I didn't want to let them down. So every single week I try to just upload at least once, like the past week I've uploaded twice and some weeks I'll literally upload three times. So it all just depends, depends on what content I have, how much I have to edit and everything like that. I think getting on a schedule is great if you can do that and you can say, okay, subscribers, like you can expect a video on this day. That'll be awesome. Cause they'll know to keep coming back to your channel for that. Just for me, it's just so hard <laughs> to have a schedule. I wish I could, but so many factors go into it. And yeah, I, I've experimented with schedules throughout my like two years on YouTube and have never found one that works out quite well. So I just kind of go with the flow now, but if you're someone that can stick to it, I highly recommend it. And so for people, let's say there's somebody listening right about to start out. Like I have a student who uh, she's she's younger and she wants to start a channel on slime, which I think is really cool. I know everybody's making it and using it. And and I even think it's, it's kind of fun to play with. So she wants to do that. But I know she's had some struggles as far as, she, you know, it almost makes her nervous to even have that schedule. Like, I think it stresses her out. Is there anything that you would recommend to somebody in that position as far as easing that transition? Because once you get in the rhythm, because I know from personal experience, once you get in the rhythm, it's not so hard, but it's fine clicking into that. That seems to be the difficulty. Definitely. You're very right. Like once you find a rhythm, like for all your videos and live streams and stuff, it can be so much easier than, you know, when you're first starting to get into it. And I think the slime idea is so cool. So many people love that. So definitely tell them to pursue that because that sounds awesome. I would say that one thing to help you ease into it is to not be so hard on yourself because when you're easing into it and trying to form a schedule, like it's inevitable that, you know, life is going to happen. Something's going to get in the way and don't take it too hard and be like, Oh my gosh, like I can't upload a video. I'm so mad at myself. I broke the schedule. You don't really want to do that because you just need to be like, okay, this is something I love doing, whether I'm able to upload on this day or not, like I'm still going to keep making content and you don't want to turn something you love into something that scares you so much. Like you don't want it to have too much pressure on you. So definitely just take it easy on yourself. Give yourself some time to ease into the schedule and you will get right on in the schedule and feel good about it with time. So now next year you're going to go to college, the years beyond, I'm sure you're going to major in something and, and develop a, a profession. What do you see your future with YouTube as you kind of move through academia and then to a career? Do you, I mean, is it something that you think you're going to keep doing forever or, you know, what are your thoughts? So right now, I definitely can't see myself wanting to stop YouTube just because I love it so much and it brings me so much like just joy in my life. So who knows where I'll be in a year with that? I mean, I 
can't see myself stopping. But when I go to college and everything, I want to continue it. And maybe I can make my content more focused on like college and help a whole bunch of other people that are going through college and stuff like that. So I think definitely as I get to college and future schooling and stuff, my content will change as I change and grow with that type of stuff. But I really want to keep doing it. And if it ever comes to a point where I can get like solid career opportunities out of it, I feel like I would definitely go for that because I find that like your career should be something you love. And I love YouTube. So if I could ever have the opportunity to like make something bigger out of it, I definitely think I would want to take it. Yeah, I mean, my assumption is if you continue doing what you're doing, that that will sort of be inevitable. And that that was kind of another question I had, like, is that something that you see as your as your uh, vocation? It sounds like it is. So I think that's awesome because you're already so far ahead of the game being a senior and having that big of a subscriber base. So that's awesome. If there's one or a few things, let's say somebody's listening right now and they haven't started yet and they're facing that thing that we call resistance. What would what would what would you tell them as far as maybe the first, second or third or something like that actionable steps that they sh- they could do right now that aren't too big, but that can just get the ball rolling? I would definitely say one of them is to talk to maybe some friends about it and see like what they think. Maybe they can even help you film your videos. I think the first step is letting people know that you want to do it because if a whole bunch of people know then when you finally release your videos, you know, you can have a whole bunch of people ready to watch it and it'll be great. But I definitely took a lot of time for me to actually start my channel because I was scared. Like, it's scary to put yourself out online like that. Like, you're literally putting yourself out there for an infinite amount of people to, you know, watch you. And it's definitely can be a scary thing. So I would recommend definitely, like, talking to everyone in your life about it when you're in that phase where you want to do it but you haven't done it yet. You know, thinking about the type of content you want to make preparing ideas, having ideas ready. I suggest a notebook, you know, you can always write down your ideas wherever you are and just have some video ideas ready, how you want to execute them, plan them, talk to everyone about it and get some advice, just that type of stuff to like prep your mind and you know, what kind of preparations you're going to take when you actually do start to make the video. So this was amazing advice, an amazing episode for parents or students who are out there listening. I hope you've taken notes and I hope this was super helpful. Lauren, if people, I know you said it at the beginning, but if people one more time, if they want to check out your channel and see your stuff, how can they do that? So they can just go to the link like www.youtube.com backslash beauty by Lauren 13, or they can just type Lauren Lee into the search box and my channel will come up. All right. Awesome. So again, if you guys missed that, just rewind. If you don't want to rewind, you can check out the show notes at www.scalarlearning.com. Just go to the podcast section and make sure to connect with Scalar Learning on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel as well. And make sure to come back every Monday for a new podcast episode. We've got a bunch of really cool ed tech startup folks, educators, also an amazing lineup in the next few months. So make sure to check back frequently and see what's on the agenda. Thank you guys so much for joining. We'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Yeah.